All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Stacking Growth Podcast. I am Tori Kinlick, a VP of Demand at Refine Labs, joined today by my buddy Garrett. Garrett, want to say hello? Yeah, Garrett, um, Director of Demand at Refine Labs, and I'm excited to talk about all things RPA. Yeah, RPA. Who doesn't need another acronym in their lives? So um, a revenue performance assessment is what RPA stands for. We'll be referring to it as an RPA for the rest of the episode here. So uh, bear with us. Um, but uh, I brought I wanted to bring Garrett on because um, he's been running through a couple of these with clients lately and uh, had some great learnings to share. Uh, while we have gone through kind of the nuts and bolts of what a revenue performance assessment is with some of our Refine Labs clients and Vault subscribers, uh, we wanted to um, kind of go live here to the, the public and also record a podcast and talk about things at a little bit of a broader perspective, uh, mainly hitting on things like what is a revenue performance assessment? Um, and then, you know, what are some of the kind of key learnings that, uh, you know, that, that we have taken away from running through this with, with clients um, in the past couple months? And so, uh, Garrett, I, I think good place to start here, but like, why don't you just kind of help everyone understand what is a revenue performance assessment? Why is it important? And, and why do we do this with our clients? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that this analysis is like the foundational analysis that should inform marketing investments. It's like a, a precursor to annual planning in, in my mind, which is why we've been focusing on it for so much the last 30 days or so and probably will be for the next next month or so. But, um, you know, I think it's really important because it creates uh, like a unified team level understanding of what the major business drivers are. And it can really create alignment for for all of your initiatives heading into planning. So with planning, you really want your whole team to have um, the same set of glasses on, looking at, at things with the same lens. And so that's where I think it's really important, although it's high level. But as far as what it involves, it really involves two steps. The first thing is you're going to analyze your pipeline sources. And um, if you've been following Refine Labs content for a while, you probably know what pipeline sources are, but just as a quick um, primer, pipeline sources are the big bucket categories that drove pipeline for the business. Um, so that might be like you see on the slide here, it might be a website demo request, event, content download, cold outbound, low intent lead gen, um, et cetera. We evaluate at this level because the pipeline source is the best indicator for buying intent. So um, attending an event, asking to talk to sales, downloading a piece of content, like these are all not the same thing at all. And uh, they don't drive the same business outcomes down funnel, certainly. And so, um, you know, that's problematic, right? Because the pipeline goal that's, that's set for marketing is almost always backed into based on a revenue goal. Um, but these sources deliver dramatically different win rates, sales cycle lengths, ACVs. And so if you're calling everything pipeline without regard for the source and you end up uh, investing in lower intent pipeline sources, uh, you may hit that pipeline goal using initiatives that attract prospects that aren't ready to buy and you'll end up missing revenue that way. So, um, so you're going to pull apart and list all of your pipeline sources and then you're going to see in a given period by source um, how much pipeline was created from the source, how much cl uh, close one revenue was created, what the win, win rate was, uh, what pipeline velocity was. And that's going to give you a good idea of, of what 
truly drove results. So that's that's kind of the first step in there equation. Yeah, that's, uh, and that's, I, I think, super helpful context. So so thank you for for walking through that. Um, and for anyone that has been following Refine Labs for a while, like you probably heard us talking about the split the funnel analysis. This is effectively a split the funnel analysis, but um, it's more robust. We've we've uh, we've kind of got this thing on on steroids right now, um, and and so that's what we're gonna we're gonna talk through is is really you know uh, not just what it is and, and why it's important, but um, as you're going through this this analysis, as you are uh, whether you're building the reports, whether you're you're actually you know analyzing all the data, socializing it. Um, what we're going to talk through today is is a couple of the uh, the learnings that we have and and the, the pitfalls that you should avoid um, so that when you're going through this, whether it's ahead of your your current planning season or something that you know uh, you just decide that you want to do to get a better sense of um, you know uh, what are the the, the sources uh, that are leading to the the most pipeline and the most impactful pipeline um, that you know uh, you don't have to kind of learn the hard way like uh, like we have over here. So um, all right, so I, I think we've got kind of a good sense right now of like what uh, an RPA is and you know the intent of it. And so um, Garrett, I think the you know the next visual I want to bring up here. Uh, and for those that are just listening in on the, the audio only version, um, if you could just kind of, you know, run through the four pitfalls uh, and, you know, we don't have to dive into them since that's what we're going to be spending, uh, you know, the, the rest of our session here, um, kind of going into these one by one. But uh, if you just want to kind of run through these here uh, as far as, as you know, um, what they are and, and uh, you know, why you think that they're important for people to avoid when they're they're going through an RPA on their own. For sure. Yep. Yeah. So pitfall number one, um, thinking of the RPA as exec executive only. And I think for a lot of people, you know, because we're talking widely about the bigger bucket performance of the business, it's viewed primarily as an executive function and a lens for executives. But like for me, this is for every role. If you're a manager, director, VP or otherwise, like this is like if you can be the one in your organization who's raising your hand and saying, wait a second, we need to understand what our major levers are for the business and not skip ahead to the smaller level uh, levers too quickly. You know, um, I think that you're going to be the one who's really, really standing out in the organization as like a, a major business driver. So um, I think that that's really important. Uh, the second one here, getting hung up on touches. First and last, I, I think we want to riff on this one quite a bit um, when we go into it, but um, the difference between a pipeline source analysis and um, and looking at touches, like there's a time and place for uh, evaluating which touch something happened for, but the question, the the questions that you're answering are different. For if you're looking at um, the touches, you're answering the question, who gets credit for this, right? Like that's the main thing that you're thinking about. And if you're thinking about pi pipeline sources, you're really thinking about the business. You're thinking about what should get investment. Where should my dollars go? Where should my resources go? So those are those are the two big differences there. And then uh, number three, failing to bucket your sources correctly. Um, so if you have a lot of different sources, and it, for a lot of companies, if like eight to twelve is is pretty common, and that that's actually quite a lot. You need to bucket them together by intent to make the analysis more digestible, especially by the wider team and making it more able to be circulated. And then number four is um, not telling the story correctly um, with, with effective visuals here. So um, that's something that we'll look at too, but I, I can't express enough like how important it is 
um, in order to have impact in the organization to come up with very simple sort of obvious insights uh, with visuals. So it's kind of the flyover of the four. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Appreciate that. Um, and so let's, let's double back. Let's, let's head back to number one, thinking of an RPA as an executive only analysis. So um, my kind of stance on this, right, is, is uh, we talk with a lot of marketers, whether they're clients of ours or just people in our networks, you know, friends, family, whatever, um, that when they're working in marketing, like it feels like half their job is trying to defend the work that they're doing and really help people understand that marketing is not just a cost center, that it is a true value added part to the business. Um, and so, you know, this is a great way to really earn yourself a seat at the table, right? Is, is, and when you're, you know, if you're familiar with the split the funnel analysis, where we're talking about, uh, you know, the different kind of marketing sources, the reason that this RPA is something that I'm referring to as on steroids or, or a broader, um, a broader view is because we're not just looking at marketing specific sources any longer. We are looking at anything that, uh, you know, that, that touches, creates, drives, pipeline and revenue. And that is a distinct difference between a revenue performance assessment and, you know, what we were previously referring to as, as split the funnel. With this RPA, we really do want to look at, at you know, um, anything, whether it is something that marketing initiated or sales or, you know, maybe it's a channel partnership, um, you know, outbound events. It doesn't matter. We're not discriminating here. If it has an ability to create pipeline and revenue, we want to make sure that it's a part of this analysis. And so um, when you're kind of, you know, uh, thinking about something like, you know, like this approach, and it might be a little bit of a departure from the way that you've been operating previously, that's okay, right? And it's something, frankly, that should be encouraged because, you know, marketing and sales have very important and, and perhaps equal parts uh, in a business because we're both responsible for driving pipeline and really the sales team is the one that's most responsible for closing that pipeline into, into revenue. But, um, you know, if you want to earn that seat at the table, if you want to be looked at as, as more than just a, you know, uh, a team that is building PowerPoint decks and, uh, you know, um, and, and writing blog posts, uh, comparing the, the sources of revenue um, on a even playing field one next to another, this is going to be a great way to do it. And not just, you know, which ones are creating the revenue, but also, uh, you know, which ones are the ones where your win rates are the highest, where your, um, where your deal sizes are the highest, uh, the ones that have the, uh, the, the most velocity to move uh, from a, a early stage, late stage pipeline deal into close one revenue. And so when you're looking at all these things on that evil, even playing field next to one another, um, you know, that is ultimately how you can be looked at as much more of a strategic and, and, and valuable partner to the business, uh, because you are the one effectively bringing these insights to the table um, and and uh, and helping your your leadership team really look at things, um, you know, from a maybe a, under a, a new lens than you had been doing previously. So um, yeah. this is not just for executives only. And, and, and I think it's a great way for, you know, uh, mid-level, junior level marketers to really kind of level up in the eyes of, of some of those, those leaders at the company. And um, yeah. And, and like, I, I keep, keep rehashing here, you know, uh, a great way to, to stop being looked at purely as a cost center. hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, one of the most important things I think you said there is at the beginning is the whole half, half our job is trying to defend what we've done. 
if I if I'm a CMO, having my team thinking this way is what I am trying to get to, right? Like I'm looking looking at the business with the lens of pipeline and revenue, and um, and if if someone else is bringing this to me and I'm in the CMO role, then that's evidence that they're looking at the business like more agnostically, right? And not just looking at it at with the lens of trying to relentlessly defend themselves. I think there's like some cultural implications in there for, for sure too, with that, that whole um, conversation, but um, you know, it's, it's, it provides a compass, right? Like this is the, the analysis that before in the, in the CMO seat, before a new idea is brought my way, if you're bringing a new idea, it should be run through this land of pipeline sources. So we all know what it's going to mean for performance. And so um, totally agree. Cool. So let's get into the actual pipeline sources. So I've got another uh, visual I'll bring up here to, to just kind of help guide our, our conversation. But um, so uh, now I think maybe we we just kind of, you know, almost like lump these pitfalls number two and three together, right? Of like getting hung up on the touches and failing to bucket your sources correctly. I think that there's a lot of um, connectivity between the two. And let me just say like, man, talking about touches just uh, I don't know. It's something about it just feels creepy. I don't like the the term marketing touches. It's weird. It feels weird to say. Uh, but here we are uh, just continuing to repeat that term. So um, excuse me if I, I sound like a creep during this podcast. I sure feel like one. But when we're talking about building these pipeline sources, um, Garrett, like, it, this is definitely one of the questions that I have seen asked most frequently from our clients is like when we're talking about a pipeline source, right? Because this is effectively a new concept to a lot of marketers. This is not first touch. This is not last touch. This is different than both of those. And so um, when people are thinking about, you know, going into their CRM and building out a report on pipeline sources, how do they do that? How have you managed this for your clients or how have you kind of directed them to do that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that the big piece is that if you're, if you're running a lead gen centric demand program, then you're naturally going to have attribution and you're going to ha have more of a focus on first and last touch. And if you have something in place like that, like there's a time and place for it, I think it's totally fine. Um, but the big thing to think about as you're separate, separating out these sources is the source itself is the best indicator for intent. So like if you look at these, so um, pipe, ABM, or intent-based, cold outbound, partner events and field, um, and then low intent lead gen, like that's a good set of bucket buckets that are highly differentiated from each other. They're different activities that all create pipeline, right? But we want to understand what percentage of pipeline came from those. And, um, and you need to, um, you need to bucket them logically. I think this is kind of a good maximum, like six different sources in order to evaluate here. Um, we can also bucket them into just like just high and, and low intent that way. Um, but I think that this is a good a good starting place for for a lot of companies. And so like logistically, when I'm going in to Salesforce and, and building my report, um, I think, you know, in most cases, there is going to be some type of manual, let's call it, um, you know, aggregation, maybe stratification of the the data where you need to 
take what are currently a lot of different sources and figure out which one of these it falls under the the, the pipe which is your your high intent inbound uh, maybe it is you know ABM um, you know cold outbound partners channels uh, events low intent lead gen you know those are the primary ones that we're often recommending to our clients and recommending that people start with. Of course, every business has their nuances, and and so it's okay to maybe add a couple more on here. But you don't want to start with too many, um, you know, for fear of really overcomplicating something that is intended to simplify uh, an exercise that that you know many marketers have have struggled to to keep you know straightforward and succinct. Um, but yeah, kind of getting back to the actual like logistics, what do you recommend for people as far as just like the starting point and and pulling the reports um, to understand you know what do I, what report do I want to pull? What report do I want to look at in order to start grouping these under, you know, these, these pipeline sources that we're recommending? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for the most part, um, if you're, if you want to look at things like lead to win rate, which is something we include in there, you're going to primarily be using lead reports. Uh, but for the vast majority of the analysis, you're going to be using uh, opportunity reports. I always like to export the data because you can, much more flexibly manipulate the data. And as you're going about the analysis, you're gonna to need to do that. And you can just do it a lot, like a lot more flexibly um, than you can within Salesforce directly. But for a lot of companies, it's gonna be called something like campaign source or, um, or initiative or something high level like that. It's just gonna to totally depend on your organization and what it looks like. Um, I've seen companies have this um, separated actually by the form type that they use. And so the form can be a, um, an indicator of what the pipeline source is as well. But I think the big thing is that as you're going through it, and we have a lot more sort of detailed instructions um, and templates and things like that um, in the vault. But once you export the data, that gives you a lot more of the flexibility to be able to look at the source and look at each column. Um, and to be able to look at how you should bucket them uh, more appropriately. Great, cool. Um, and so uh, the, the third pitfall that we had mentioned, right, failing to bucket your sources correctly, anything that you kind of want to add to, uh, you know, the, the, the conversation thus far or, or um, you know, uh, the visual that, that we've got up here now with these, um, you know, these pipeline sources that we're recommending? Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing here is, um, there's a spectrum in how you can bucket them, but not to get too granular, like not to get too, more, um, too much more granular than this analysis that you're seeing up there. Um, the fewer that you have, the more easy it is to circulate around the organization, which is, I think, a really key part of this analysis. The most extreme end of it is just to bucket between high and, and um, low intent sources, right? So we're going to take each one of these, look at win rates, look at lead to win rate, um, look at the volume of opportunities created, all of those pieces, and we're going to bucket them high and low intent. Um, for most companies, like between four and six sources is a good sort of rule of thumb, like four different buckets, especially when you have kind of in-between sources, some that might be more sort of medium intent, like events are commonly, events are all over the board. They can be very low intent. They can be much higher intent, but but often they fall somewhere between like low intent lead gen and um, and a pipe conversion, which you see here. So um, like you may end up with a source mix that's like the one that you see here on the slide. You may end up with a mix that's more um, like hot, like pipe, which is high intent, and then lead gen low intent, and then events and outbound. That's a common mix as well. 
it just depends on how many different um, different pieces you have and where you can differentiate um, based on intent. Yeah, and and so I I think you know what we're recommending here, right, is is what we've seen work for us at Refine Labs for um, a majority of the clients that that we're working with. But uh, this should be a starting point, right? Um, make it your own. You know, ensure it's something that is going to uh, you know be you know, really specific and, and applicable to your business. Um, and, you know, maybe you do have a really heavy event strategy and you maybe even need to figure out a way to kind of break apart some, let's say like field events where, you know, it's intended to be creating awareness and do some, you know, uh, prospecting or a trade show even. Um, and, you know, those which might be much more intimate, uh, you know, uh, ABM style or even something, you know, with your, um, with your customers. But uh, yeah, what we're recommending here, you know, is not meant to be a rigid framework at all. Um, in fact, you know, it, it should be pretty flexible. It should be looked at in a way that, um, you know, you can really feel like you can use this as a jumping off point and, and figure out the right way to categorize and bucket these things for your company. Um, because, you know, ultimately what's going to be most important is that, you know, you're able to do this cleanly, you're able to do this in a repeatable way, uh, and you're going to be able to, to do it in a way that is, is ultimately going to help you uh, make better, more informed decisions with your strategy and your budget in the future. So we'll get to some of the kind of how to action this information in a few minutes. But first, let's jump into the last pitfall which you mentioned, um, Garrett, which is really, you know, trying to kind of socialize a lot of these findings and information without the use of visuals. And so, of course, we had to use a visual to, uh, you know, kind of represent the, the pitfall and, and what we're recommending that people do. But um, Garrett, if you want to just kind of walk through this, uh, this visual here and maybe kind of um, take a couple extra steps here to, uh, you know, to describe it for any of those that might just be listening in on, a, on the podcast today. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple of different ways I like to, um, to show this visually, but I think I think the big piece when you're trying to get others on board in the organization that simple is better if you can see the story and understand the story relatively quickly. Um, this is one good way to do it. So in this uh, in this example, we've split all of the sources and we bucket them into high intent, outbound, and low intent. And you can go from left to right and see actually top to bottom within each one and see what the lead to opportunity rate is, what the opportunity to close one rate is. And you know, most, most companies are gonna have multiple stages, but I just like to bucket into whatever the um, highest intent opportunity, um, basically what the, the hero pipeline opportunity stage would be, which is anything that closes at 25% or above, or at least is intended to. And so with, uh, within each one of these lanes, you can see lead to operate, opt to close one rate, and then you can see total revenue. So um, like in this case, high intent sources and outbound, although the stage conversion rates differ quite a bit, this, this company that we're seeing here actually has a pretty robust and pretty solid outbound, um, likely ABM and account-based type of uh, strategy uh, being deployed. And so you see the overall, the, the bottom uh, part of the funnel there, the revenue amount is actually very similar um, for this company. And then you can see low intent, right? Like this is where you can see the real differentiation between the story. Uh, more than 10,000 leads, which is, you know, more than five times what the high intent sources provide. 
And then, but the lead to opportunity rate, 28% for high intent versus 8% for low intent sources. That's where you see down funnel what just how dramatic those differences are. And then even opportunity um, to close one rate um, being 10 for uh, being half the rate. So 10% versus 20% for high intent sources. So it lets you see without getting too granular yet, like you'll want to later in like channel strategy and things of that nature, um, what the overall um, buckets are doing for the business. Something I'll mention here too, the last thing is that the win rate at the bottom, for us, it's important to evaluate true win rate, right? Which is not a, a ratio of opportunities to close one, but it is truly the number of opportunities that closed, um, whether won or lost, how many of them were won out of, out of the total closed opportunities. So um, if you're not reporting out on true win rate, like that's something that in order to um, account for your sales cycle length and things of that nature, you need to need to definitely do. Yeah, awesome. And and to me, this is like this is the money slide, right? Like when you're talking about uh, you know um, creating some type of of output with this assessment that you are able to socialize to any part of the business, right? The leadership team, um, your board of you know your board of directors, uh, your your PE firm, or even you know uh, some of the most junior level employees on the marketing team, or or just anywhere in the company. Um, having a visualization like the one that, that you described, like the one that we're displaying here, uh, is going to be absolutely critical to, to helping deliver your message. Because um, obviously, there's a whole lot that goes into this, this assessment, but the output should be simple. It should be straightforward. And it should be showing you out of these pipeline sources that, that you have, the things that are ultimately creating opportunities for your sales and marketing team, um, having something that you can literally compare them apples to apples, right? Like, you know, how much is coming in the top of the funnel, how much is, is, is making it through to the bottom of the funnel. And of course, pointing out the, you know, the different conversion rates from stage to stage throughout the way is, is extremely important. This can, you know, uh, be a great exercise in and of itself to just say like, okay, outside of prioritizing or stack ranking the different pipeline sources, like, Hey, let's take a look at like our, our outbound sources here. Uh, you know, we actually have a, um, you know, a very strong uh, opportunity to to close one rate. Um, and, and that's excellent. So, uh, you know, maybe we need to figure out like how to ramp up, um, you know, the, the actual opportunity creation, because we're finding that we're actually, you know, uh, 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 performing above some of our, our peers and other benchmarks in terms of, um, you know, how our outbound is, is actually moving to close one. And so maybe we do have some type of advantage as a business. And this is something that we want to lean into. Uh, right. So like there is, of course, these different kind of fringe use cases and benefits that can come from an exercise like this. And, um, you know, you might be able to just create a visual like this and, and, and park on it in a meeting and spend an entire 60 minutes with your colleagues kind of brainstorming around what do we want to do with all this great information? There's just so much here to unpack. But at the end of the day, simple is best. Right. Looking at each of your sources, um, the 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 respective funnel for each one. Uh, you know, the, the leads, the opportunities, the revenue that comes from them. And of course, pointing out the win rates, you know, that's really ultimately what you're, you're looking for here in, in creating an effective visual um, that can represent all the work that goes into this revenue performance assessment. So uh, love the slide, love the visual that, that you've developed here. And um, yeah, I think that there's a, a whole lot that, that, you know, uh, someone could take away and, and learn from or, or utilize with this approach. So, um, all right. So, 
let's kind of talk through Garrett, you know, the, the last part of this, right. Which is okay. Now that the assessment is, is finished, what do we do with this? Right. And, and first and foremost, I, I think socialize it, right. You know, you've done the work uh, you've, you've, um, you know, bubbled up some really, really important and valuable insights. You've taken the step to, to create an effective visual that can be socialized without you there to, uh, you know, um, deliver the narrative that, that, that should probably support it. Uh, and so that's, that's great, right? You do want to be able to, to uh, send this around and, and share it with, with anyone, you know, who might care and maybe even a couple people that don't. Um, because there's just so much value that can come from it. But, uh, you know, what else should people be kind of thinking about in terms of, of what to do with the output of this, uh, of this RPA, Garrett? Yeah, good question. And I think I like, I've done a number of things with it, depending on the organization. Um, and there's probably not a right or wrong. Like, I think it probably depends on, on the company. Could be a meeting with your CMO. If you are the CMO, it's a meeting with your team. Um, but establishing this as something to refer back to at least quarterly or even in your, like ideally in your ongoing discussions that your pipeline source analysis is is the compass that we need to run all um all new ideas and all new initiatives through right like these are the big levers to pull that will um that will be having resources allocated to them and when we come up with new ideas throughout the year, um, whether those be more strategic or more tactical ideas, we have to we have to say like, okay, we know that low intent sources, um, we have a lead to win rate at this rate, and it can help you. Um, it can help you understand throughout the year um, how you need to create alignment and just be on the same page with things. I think too, like. This, this whole uh, analysis is so high level. Like I, I love it. It's not really in, in the weeds at all. And I think we're a lot of us that are in B2B SaaS and in B2B marketing, like all of us are data nerds, right? Like that, like I think for the most part, that's why we're in this lane. This is the, this is an analysis that actually takes some discipline to create, to stop and to figure out how to articulate uh, how important it is um, when you are particularly in the planning stages, um, because if you're not on the same page about this, like you'll be running in all different directions, uh, throughout the year and coming up with ideas and not really understanding, um, how they impact the business directly. They, you might have an idea of how they impact leads and like way top upper funnel stuff, but this is the piece that I think for a long time, uh, B2B marketers have been missing, but I'm curious to turn it on you too, Tori. Like if you've, if you've had different ways of circulating this and like getting others on board. Yeah. So uh, I think you, you hit the big ones, right? Like understanding the, the primary sources of pipeline and revenue for your company and the throughput of those, uh, of those sources is, um, is critically important to anything that, you know, any marketer uh, is, is going to be doing, but especially right now, right. Where we're at, um, you know, in late October where many of us are, are either, currently engaged or about to be engaged in, in, you know, uh, annual planning meetings, you know, this, this can effectively be your, your kind of, you know, uh, I think Garrett called it a, a compass, right? It's your, your guiding principles as far as like where you should be spending the most amount of your time and energy and, and all of your resources. Um, and it's much easier to do when you know the ones that are most impactful for your business. Uh, and so, you know, 
you know, having something like this available when, you know, keeping it handy, let's say during those planning sessions, right. Where everyone is kind of, you know, having fun, brainstorming, um, throwing a lot of different ideas out there and just kind of quickly understanding like, all right, you know, with this specific idea, this tactic, where does that fall under these pipeline sources? Oh, okay. You know, this idea maybe falls under the low intent lead gen bucket. All right. It's a really nice idea, but maybe we don't want to put too much money towards it since what we know is that it, has a lot of impact on the top of funnel, but more often than not, it's not going to yield something that is going to be truly impactful for the business. And so, um, you know, using this tool as a way to assess different ideas and figure out, you know, okay, we've got a finite amount of resources. We can only, you know, uh, there's only so many hours in the day and, and only, you know, so much money that we can spend. So how do we allocate these things and our people accordingly? you know, using these pipeline sources as a way to figure out what the most appropriate way to, you know, staff your team and resource your projects and allocate your budget. This is a great way to do it. And, you know, uh, of course, for us at, at Refine Labs, you know, we have a, a, a very, um, I don't know, it's, it's widely publicized at this point, but a, a very kind of unique and specific way of thinking. And then it's typically that, you know, we want to recommend to our clients and the way that we run our business that we're focusing a majority of everything that we do on the, uh, you know, those, those pipe conversions, the high intent hand raisers, because we know that those are the ones that are going to be uh, driving the most impact. Not every business operates the same, right? And so what works for us here at Refine Labs might be different for your company. And so going through this assessment is a great way to really understand, you know, how we should be approaching our, our, our planning, how we should be developing our strategies, selecting the tactics, allocating the budget. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, it's a, a, just a, a perfect time of the year to kind of look back, do this audit and use it as a tool that can guide a lot of your, your planning discussions for the year ahead, because, um, yeah, this is ultimately what, you know, what we want to be keeping in mind with every decision we make as a marketer is, is what's this going to do for the business? And, uh, and if you have a hard time figuring out what it might do, or, you know, based on your historic performance, um, you know, this particular tactic that was suggested might not be something that is is really going to move the dial, then chances are you might want to kind of steer away from something like that, or at least, uh, you know, not allocate too many resources towards it. So, um, yeah, I would say that that's kind of my uh, closing thoughts. And, um, and, and yeah, the, the, the biggest recommendation that I could make to, to everyone out there is, is, you know, once you complete this assessment, um, you know, this is, uh, this is gold in terms of, of what it can mean for um, insights for your team and, and how you utilize this uh, to plan for the year ahead. Awesome. Well said. Cool, cool, cool. So I think that probably takes us to the end of our, our topic here, Garrett. So thanks for joining me, breaking this all down. Um, yeah, I think uh, we'll definitely be doing a lot more of these with our clients over the months ahead. Hopefully anyone listening or watching in today um, has learned enough that they can go start doing something similar with their company. Uh, really encourage this. And, and if you do need any help, feel free to reach out to myself or Garrett on LinkedIn. You know, you can just send us a direct message or if you're a client of ours, of course, you know, you've got some other avenues that you could reach us and, and talk through an approach like this. But um, yeah, with that, Garrett, any, any closing words from you before we, we wrap it up here? No, I think well said. I think everyone knows where to find us and to find our team. Um, yeah, if you're if you're new to this or if you're in the middle of it and stuck on something, we're always happy to answer any questions. But otherwise, uh, I think it's great. Awesome. Well, great stuff. Well, thanks everyone for listening and tuning in today. Thanks everyone.